Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Everything the believers have come up with to defend their pet theory can't overcome the simpler, logical, evidence-based mainstream paradigm. I'll admit that I'm impressed with the breadth and depth of the analysis you brought to bear on this one, Jesuit. How much research was involved? Oh, let's see. 35 books, 12 documentaries, interviews with half a dozen experts, a visit to the official archives in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and of course that failed seance that was intended to rouse the creators from their eternal sleep in the hopes of some answers and, ideally, solid ghostly quotes. All in service of dispatching this conspiracy? Isn't that overkill? The Betty Crocker truthers are a menace to bake sales everywhere, Dana, and I think it's appropriate that we've devoted 26 episodes to this topic. Thank you very much. But it is time to wrap up. While some claim that Ms. Crocker is an undead creature of the night, stealing into houses, disemboweling the inhabitants, feasting on their entrails, and perhaps most frighteningly, leaving stinging handwritten critiques of any homemade baked goods she finds, I think we've clearly demonstrated she's actually a marketing gimmick cooked up by ad execs in the 1920s to sell prefab baking mixes. And so it's time for us to think about what we've learned. When we consider America's relationship with cake mixes, it's easy to get caught up in the sex appeal of buttercream frosting and forget that... Hey... What's that sound? Jessard, what are you... Wait. I hear it too. It's coming from everywhere at once. And is it just me? Does everything suddenly have a bluish, iridescent tint? It's not just you, Dana. What the hell is going on? Wait, I... I can't... Move. What's happening? Jessard, what the fuck have you gotten me into this time? I think we're about to find out. Oh, God... We're rising into the air. We're floating. I noticed. Wait. Does this seem kind of familiar? No, it definitely does not seem familiar. What in God's name are you talking about? We're being drawn towards the wall of the studio, paralyzed by this weird glow, and your first thought is déjà vu? Yeah, that wall is approaching fast. Oh, this is gonna hurt. Oh! Oh! Ugh. Holy shit, that was weird. You mean passing through a solid wall and now rising into the air? I'd agree. A little weird. Why'd you say this seems familiar, though? It's something you said at the beginning of our QAnon series when you expected me to instead kick off the new UFO episodes I had promised, and I threw a curveball and decided to deal with the conspiracy threatening the Republic before we moved on to the ETs. I... I vaguely remember that. Is this... is this going somewhere? Just to make sure everyone else remembers, let's roll that tape. But this is a new topic, right? So what gives? Where's the high-concept sketch? 
we're supposed to be listening to a little audio drama where you steal a spaceship from Musk or Bezos and get into high orbit, bring yourself aboard an alien ship, and then inform the conveniently English-speaking explorer in your patented, condescending way that they probably don't exist in the solar system, and then you springboard off that to introduce the next year of UFO-related shows. Did you have to make my voice sound like it was coming from an old phonograph? These kinds of things happen when the writer and host is also the self-indulgent audio producer, Dana. But moving on, I think I know what's happening to us. We're being kidnapped by Bezos? Or worse, uh, Elon Musk? No, it's the other part. The beaming aboard an alien ship you mentioned. I think that's what's happening, and that means we must be in the middle of a big, paranoid strain, first episode opening extravaganza. Oh, so uh, in other words, this is your incredibly self-indulgent play acting around a skit you came up with. Harsh, but accurate. And I'm assuming the very cheap-looking flying saucer special effect that's speeding towards us is where we'll endure the next part of this little drama. Now you're getting the picture. I wonder what will happen. You're insufferable. And you're a delight. The airlock is dead ahead, so I'm sure our questions will be answered soon. Welcome, puny humans. Welcome to the most important day of your lives. When you learn that your species is not alone, my pod brother speaks the truth. Our race has monitored you shambling monkeys for millennia as you fumble towards civilization. All the while believing you're the smartest things in the galaxy. Yes, Zorchad. They truly are a stupid, stubborn group of apes. How I would love to cleanse them from the planet with fire. But orders are orders. And so we act in accordance with the three A's. Acquire information, abduct periodically, and anally probe. Uh, hi, I guess. Nice to meet you guys, entities, monstrous non-Euclidean blobs. I'm not sure how to refer to you politely. Please, Chadzor. Let me pinch off just one of his limbs. His impudence must be met with violence. It's the only way they learn. Hey, guess what? Maybe Xne on the Arcasm say when we're confronting three-meter mucus-covered, spike-festooned, fang-dripping, technologically advanced alien nightmares? Point taken, Dana. But you have to admit, this is pretty exciting, right? Humankind's first-ever confirmed contact with an intelligence other than our own? Ah, humans. Intelligent. I would laugh if I weren't so angry. And it's hardly the first meeting. We've been guiding your halting, embarrassingly slow development since you first descended from the trees. Which brings us to the reason for your summons. We heard your ridiculous show was gearing up for an endless series on advanced non-human intelligence. And the phenomenon you rubes call UFOs. Uh, hate to interrupt your ravenousness, but the feds changed the name to UAPs recently for reasons I'm sure we'll get into down the road. If I could just spear his spleen with a pseudopod, 
We could improve this ape's attitude so much. Though the lady one seems very nice. Please don't judge us all by fearful Jesuit's example, your frightfulness. Before you further anger Zorchad, you must learn once and for all that the UFO believers have it right. You are under the constant supervision and sometimes the direct influence of beings beyond your understanding. Do you really still believe your clumsy primate ancestors built masterpieces like the pyramids? Or drew the monumental Nazca lines? Or that they made intuitive leaps like the Mayan calendar without any help? Yeah, that's the first topic I plan to cover since the evidence for these quote-unquote ancient aliens is so flimsy and the charlatans who've promoted this nonsense are such terrible, self-serving purveyors of claptrap. Learn the error of your ways, Chimp. Will you explain away the thousands of UFO sightings, abductions, and other phenomena that support the idea of alien spacecraft frequently visiting your world? Now that's a far more interesting and to some extent confusing topic, though there's reason to doubt not only the alien explanation for most visual UAP sightings, but also the many sincere and personal abduction stories that have waxed and waned for seven decades now, none of which appear to be solid proof of encounters of any kind. Fool! How can you maintain such nonsense when you stand before us, living proof of superior extraterrestrial beings? Yeah, about that. I can't be positive, but I suspect you two are the infamous chads of Stupidland doing your standard shtick of arguing against sense and reason, only this time wearing very elaborate get-ups and using some kind of very silly, thickered-based technology to put on this entire pageant. Jasrit, I'm sure this is all very amusing to your long-term listeners, but maybe everyone else could use a refresher on the origin of these chats and why we might be seeing them in this very high-concept series opening sketch. Fair enough. New listeners, the chads are entities who hail from a place they call Stupidland. They have been involved with this show for years at this point, primarily as antagonists complaining about our thoughtful, carefully researched conclusions and arguing instead in favor of their own very dumb ideas. Also, they make thickards, a repulsive yet highly addictive substance that may or may not have mind control properties, and they occasionally try to take over and or destroy the Earth. Now, sorry, you were saying? Silence! We have decided, in our magnanimity, to refrain from disemboweling both of you for our own amusement. Instead, your punishment shall be to have us periodically interrupt your cynical, skeptical screeds with our own insights. So that your audience can finally learn the truth. That they are pawns in a galactic power struggle your puny intellects could never understand. Now go, return to your pathetic podcast studio and despair, knowing all of your work is for naught. The paralyzing transport beam is back, so I'm guessing this signals the end of our little meeting. Oh yeah, there's the airlock. Okay, see you later, Chads. Also, Chadzor's costume isn't fully zipped up on... No, on the left side. Now you got it. Nice seeing you. Say hi to the hill, Chads. You're right, Zorchad. I should have let you flay him alive. But I didn't want to spatter gore all over the female. She seems so pleasant. It has such a nice, dulcet, northern European tone. Yes. A wonderful lady. 
She deserves so much better. think it was a fun way to announce the topic of our new series, but of course it also lets our listeners know that they should definitely expect our alien Chad overlords to check in periodically throughout this series to offer another perspective on our topics. Here comes that studio wall again. Back to the topic at hand, though. We are about to embark on as thorough an examination as I can manage regarding one of the biggest, most mysterious questions human beings have ever asked. Are we alone in the universe? Are there other intelligences out there? And if so, have they been contacting us, either throughout human history or just for the past hundred years or so? If there are truly highly advanced species with unknown, perhaps unknowable motivations secretly interacting with humanity, that leaves even more questions open. Who or what are they? Why are they doing this? What human governments or other groups know about it? And why are they covering it up? Are these aliens about to usher in an age of peace and harmony, where a unified humanity explores the stars together with our new extraterrestrial friends? Or instead, are they moments away from springing their long-planned trap? To paraphrase Churchill, these potential aliens are a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside of an enigma. And rest assured, we're finally going to blow the lid off this thing. And presumably when you blow off that lid, you're more than likely going to find the metaphorical box is totally empty, right? No aliens, no UFOs, bupkis. Au contraire, Dana. There are definitely UFOs, or UAPs if you prefer. But aliens? Magic 8-Ball says, outlook not so good. But whether there's anything in the box or not, goddammit, we're going to crack that motherfucker open. Welcome back to the Paranoid Strain. I'd like to take an opportunity to welcome new listeners and to apologize for all of the preceding confusing nonsense, which really was mostly for the longtime fans. Hi, new listeners. When we're not indulging in ridiculous, overwrought introductory skits, we knock gently at the door of your podcatcher every two weeks to spend a half hour or so explaining conspiracy theories and the misguided folks who love them. In addition, as he's only too happy to remind you, each of these episodes is part of a long, interlocked story by which we seek to plumb the depths of a much larger topic. We've previously done about a dozen hours on the history of secret societies, for example. And in 2023, we wrapped a mammoth 33-part series on the history and antecedents of QAnon, the pit of gibbering nonsense that continues to threaten some of our more prominent first-world democracies to this very day. And thanks to the wonders of RSS feed technology, you can mainline either of those topics via a long-form, complete versions of each series, which connects all of the small episodes together in what he's insisting I call 
a human centipede of careful research and audio delights. My apologies for that analogy. We do all of this specifically so that you, our beloved listeners, can better understand why your Disney Imagineer, the crew that's even now in your driveway sawing the catalytic converter off of your Prius, and especially the new, loosely affiliated but frighteningly organized network of helicopter parents, who have taken the title to strange new heights, literally pooling their funds to purchase two, yes, two, decommissioned CH-53 Super Stallion military-grade transport choppers. And in related news, a surprisingly large number of these hyper-involved moms and dads have managed to complete the required 40 hours of flight time, including, mind you, at least three hours of night flying. Anyway, like a dozen of these overwrought newly licensed pilots have started hovering their Hueys, custom festooned with an array of visual, infrared, and motion-sensing cameras, over not just the local elementary school, but also nearby parks, convenience stores, and other popular afternoon hangout spots, with a stated goal not only of ensuring the young'uns' total safety, but also to prevent any deviations from prescribed dietary restrictions, and for that matter, to deter any microaggressions that might inadvertently be committed by well-meaning but frankly underqualified teachers and other authority figures who just aren't taking Brantley, Dashlin, and Jehoshaphat's intellectual and emotional growth seriously enough. And you're trying to be a good neighbor and all, but their airborne vigilance is seriously fucking with your landscaping. The downwash pretty much denuded your Meyer lemons before they even ripened, for Christ's sakes. And you feel like somebody on the city council should really step in before some neighborhood dog pops an embolism, barking at the mechanical terrors, maintaining an ear-splitting 30-foot hover over your goddamned azaleas. Anyway, we explain why all of these groups believe even the silliest conspiracy theories. I'm Fearful Jesuit, a man for all seasons, except summer, which is too goddamn hot. We call our fans Straniacs, with all due respect, of course, and I wish to welcome all new and returning Straniacs to our biggest undertaking yet. We're very excited to explore this topic with you, though to be honest, it's kind of overwhelming. Every time I try to wrap my arms around it, to plot out the whole series outline, the subject fragments. Every topic turns into a half dozen subtopics, each of which requires its own research. Take our first subject, the ancient aliens nonsense promulgated by authors like Eric Von Daniken and Zechariah Sitchin. We figured that would be at most a single episode, but then we found nested hierarchies of weird made-up bullshit in these authors and their followers, and each of those nonsense topics and their refutations led to yet another fascinating, deeply weird rabbit hole that we then had to burrow through. At this point, I think Ancient Aliens will be like three or more episodes. And everything about this subject is like that. When did UFOs start looking like flying saucers? What did people see in the sky before that? Who were the early reported abductees? How many episodes will we need for Roswell alone? Incidentally, I rediscovered a long recording I did of a professional tour guide walking me through the conspiracist version of the famous 1947 incident in Roswell itself that I taped during our 2017 multi-week conspiracy theory road trip. And during that same trip, we also taped interviews with various folks we met in Rachel, Nevada, the glorified trailer park that counts as the closest town to the real-life Area 51. Gotta make time for those gems. Plus, we really do have like 50-plus books, several expert interviews already lined up with more to come down the line. And every time I learn more about any of this shit, I get so excited about its weird implications that I... Before he hyperventilates, let me just simplify his raving and stipulate that you're going to be hearing about this alien shit for quite a while. So, like, smoke him if you got him, I guess. So why are we doing this? 
I mean, aside from how interesting it is? Well, on one level, it's because a conspiracy show that doesn't cover UFOs should be sued for malpractice. But on a more personal note, the whole UFO thing is deeply connected to how I got fascinated by conspiracy theorists and theories in the first place. Back in the early 1990s, when your grandpa Jesuit was still a young high school whippersnapper, I was invited to a summer program that wasn't, but could easily have been, called Deep South Nerd Camp. It was one of those pivotal, unforgettable, formative memories that you cherish from your high school years. Ones that produce lifelong friendships, plant the seeds of a permanent love of learning, broaden the horizons of nascent young adults, all that crap. But for this show, the most important thing that happened there was that I took a class on science and pseudoscience taught by a professor of physics. So that's the guy who opened your eyes to the likelihood that all of the conspiracies about UFOs and Bigfoot and that kind of stuff were hogwash. Not exactly. Young Jesuit was not the scourge of easy answers and motivated reasoning he is today, and I was still pretty open to a lot of pseudoscientific and conspiracist claims. The professor was one of those scientists who was, let's say, a little too eager to embrace the wilder possibilities of his discipline's fuzzy frontiers. So he was a conspiracy nut? No, that, that would be unfair. And I especially want to tread lightly as I was able to confirm that the man has not been with us for nearly a decade. But the immediate effect of this class was strengthening a sort of pro-weird ideas bias that had already been growing in my bosom, a conviction that reality was being manipulated or filtered by unseen actors, a view that had already been fed and watered by such conspiracy-friendly early 90s voices as JFK-era Oliver Stone, but also personal heroes like Jello Biafra and Bill Hicks, each of whom on reflection was too quick to jump on various conspiracist bandwagons. So you're saying Jesuit coming out of the summer class was a budding conspiracy nut? I'm not sure how far I went down that road, actually. Uh, around the same time, I started reading a lot of skeptical perspectives, and I found myself particularly gripped by early exposés of the super weird bullshit fueling the then-ascendant Church of Scientology. But certainly, sitting in that classroom while a clearly intelligent, accomplished, learned academic placed a finger on the scales in favor of ancient aliens, abductions, and UFO sighting stories eventually led me to a deeper engagement with this material than I might otherwise have had. And so on balance, he ended up helping to germinate the seeds of this very skeptical podcast. The point is, learning about our species' attitudes toward unknown intelligence is kind of a cornerstone to understanding our society's fixation on conspiracy thinking. And so it's about time we tackled it. And as promised, we begin with the ludicrous idea of ancient aliens. Well, not bad. Not bad. What do you think we got their attention? I think this could be a permanent gig for us. We did such a good job. I think they're scared. Zorchat, it is that scared. fine balance of absolute abject terror. Terror. A little bit of fear, you know, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of awe. 
right? And I, and I think we're I think we're getting in the envelope here. Do I still look? You know, you look horrible. You know, you look horrible. And I, I told you, I can buy a suit just like that on Amazon right now. As, and everybody else can too, Chad, George Chad. But it wouldn't be me. Chad, George Chad, come on. I mean, at least get something that fits. Mine, a little tight, a little itchy. No, the bigger ones make good sloppy noises. That's part of the well, whole thing. When you, you didn't use talc. Zorchad, you have to powder up when you put these things on. I can't believe you. So let's let's look at the list. We told them we were coming. We let them know. Right. Oh, man, there's one thing we missed. No, we, we got everything. On. Oh. oh, we forgot the analyzer. Of all things... Come on, Zorchad, I'm counting on you. You gotta back me up here. If we forget another anal probe, we're not gonna hit our quota. We can't just go get one from an animal? They've got the new, what is it? They got some acronym for it, FIDS, FIPS. What is it, fecal ID uh, probe? What is it, sword, something? What is it? What is it? So the answer is uh, maybe. This is a HIPAA violation to talk about this. We have to hit our numbers, Zorchad. I have here an unused analyzer. Oh, is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, an anal probe. Penetralizer. 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 So, we can't get one from a cow. No, I mean, we can. But, but, but who's going to be looking at these samples? That's the real question here. Are they going to be able to tell that this is primate fecal? That's it? Does it matter whose it is? Maybe we could... One of us? Probe ourselves? Maybe? I don't one know. Of us? One of us is going to have to do it. I'm willing, but I don't wait. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Can, can I be? Can I be a party to this conversation before we make this commitment? I know we both want to do it out of curiosity. What? What, what, what am I? Probe curious? Do you want to do this? I was assuming that before you do this, I, I, I would assume there's there's a degree of conversation about who's top and who's bottom. What? How, what? What's the uh, doctors are always on top. Zorchad, let's take a look at this thing. Yes. Okay. So I, I, I guess this is kind of like a, a there's like a there's like a male and a female in here. So you're the probe curious one. You, you, are you female? Okay. Just this once. So we're doing this. We're doing this. Yeah. So, so there's a little bit of uh, gel. Well, no, just we're gonna heat the gel. Zorchad. Yes. Zorchad. Yes. Let's talk about your suit again, Zorchad. Your cheap Chinese manufactured suit. Look, but it has it has snaps. Turn, turn around. It has turn around. Snaps. Turn around. Like a Western suit. Turn around. Snaps. Th- this is not a pair of long johns. Oh, is there a, a keypad with a code on it back there? No, just just get the box cutter. Where's the box cutter? Set the depth on it. Don't cut too deep. There's no way this thing's going. Have you seen this thing? Look at this thing. Read the instructions. I can't believe we're putting this thing. It's a double sided probe. It is. It's yeah. Look at it. There's no way this. Flip that end. Look the rubber rubber tip on that end. You just t- you take the other thing off it. Oh, yeah. What is this for? Who's you? Who are who's using these things? They're straps. Two ended anal probe. I I think. What is going on on this UFO, Zorchad? Look, there's a little a little yellow tag here. I think your knees go here. I just yeah, obviously sideways I, because I'm, I'm very very. Very uncomfortable with this, Zorchad. No, no, it could be worse. No, it can't. There's Zorchad. emotional discomfort and there's physical. Look at this discomfort. thing. Look at this thing. I don't know why you're so resistant. Why is my end longer than your end? You've done weirder shit. Than, oh, flip it around. Oh, fine. Okay. Sure. Okay. Your head goes here. I think the knees well, have to be fully up. There's no way you're going to feng shui this thing, Zorchad. There's, there's nothing we can do. What is this thing supposed to be taking? First of all, if we've agreed to do this, what about these suits? The suits fit right here in this in this here in this in this special table. Can this penetrate the the scientifically developed polymer skin on these? Wait a second. Hold on. Turn around. Yeah. Look, yeah. 
Yeah, look at mine. There's a button just under the left. I am not boot pressing top. your button. There's a sphincter. There's an out, outer I'm sphincter. I'm not. It's got a little sphincter. There's no way I'm kneeling behind you to it's got a little sphincter. press your button. Hey, I'll just reach back and I know where it is now. Watch, because I saw it on yours. Listen to it whirring open and close. It's got a little sphincter. Everything's going to be fine. Boy, they really thought of everything. The mid-sphincter is the problem. Mid-sphincter. 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 What are you talking about, the mid-sphincter? Listen to it whirring, open and close. How many sphincters do I have to open for this thing? That mid-sphincter is going to be, that's where the pain point is. Zorchad, how is it that you are so familiar with this process? Some things are intuitive. Understand which of the myriad of sphincters need to open in which order and which one is painful. I read a lot. You already know that about me. So we've we've decided that in order to meet our quota, we're going to do this. Yeah. All right, let's... Uh, okay, I can feel your shoulder back there. All right, I've just... just, just knees up. Just, let's just get it over Everyone with. Knees up. Outer sphincter open. Okay, and... Do we hold our breath? All right, okay, all right. Whatever you do, don't hold your breath. Okay. One, two, two three... three. Oh, holy Moses. Well, oh, okay. Well, well, surprise digital exam. All right. Oh, well, it could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>